Well, good evening, everyone. We will continue to discuss this evening Srila Jeev Goswami's Bhagavat Sandarbha, uh, beginning with Anucheta 38, various avatars of Bhagavan. By the words Ajanasya and Janma, birth of the unborn, Brahma informs us that Bhagavan's birth is rather simply an instance of his self-manifestation, Padur Bhava, unlike the birth of an ordinary jiva. So that's the sadhana. We're going to look to Brahma's verse. Again, these are from his prayers to young Krishna. Uh, as the at the end of the Brahma Vimohan Leela. And what Jeeva is going to draw out tonight is the fact that Krishna's manifestation is not like the birth or appearance that we're accustomed to within this world. Look at that in the light of Brahma's revelation and in the light of his uh, prayers. So just as there are guna avatars or avatars who are in charge of the modes of material nature, there are also other avatars of the Supreme Lord. Brahma touches upon that in his, these prayers to uh, Lord Krishna. So in the 20th verse of the 14th chapter, Brahma says, O controller of our destiny, though you are unborn, you take birth amongst the gods and sages, as well as humans, animals, and even among aquatics, in order to chastise the falsely proud and to show mercy to the world. So again, in the sense of a dialogue, uh, Jiva is presenting uh, what Krishna could put forth in response to this statement by Lord Brahma. So although these sound like Krishna said, well, they're Krishna said, but through the lips of his devotee, Jiva Goswami, <clears throat> as presented here. So Sri Krishna asks, because my one form is all-pervading, you've just seen this form of mine, and you've seen that it has some all-pervasiveness to it. I mean, you just saw myself manifest as all the calves and the cowherds. Then you saw those forms of mine. You recognize those were forms of me. They were exact, exact replicas of my calves and cowherds that you have hidden away in a cave right now. So you looked there and you looked here and you saw there's two sets of forms. And then you saw those forms of those expansions of myself who were exact replicas of the calves and the cowherd boys. They were expansions of myself and then you saw that gradually they changed into Vishnu forms with four arms carrying my four symbols as Vishnu. 
and then you saw that those four Vishnu forms those four armed Vishnu forms became individual universes and those forms of universes were being worshipped by all the controlling elements in the universes, the deities of those elements in the universes, all the demigods in the universes, and all the various Brahmas who were in charge of the various universes, including your very self in one of those forms, was worshipping. So you saw in that revelation my all-pervasiveness. Even though I'm localized here in an ordinary size, just one little young boy, you saw all this coming from me. Just as you said in your prior prayer, Mother Yusoda saw, both within me and without me, with outside of me and inside of me, the same universal manifestation that she was experiencing. That was her life. Um, here, suckling my son, and there in his mouth, I'm suckling my son in the universe. So what, what revelations that, that both Mother Yasoda and Lord Brahma had. So because my one form is all-pervading, is it impossible for my other forms to be seen anywhere? Because you're seeing me here now, well, what about all my other forms, my other manifestations? Is it impossible for them to be seen anywhere else? So in the Anucheta, Jiva Goswami presents it like this. You have just been astonished by seeing all my opulences, but only by the ones you saw. You didn't see all my opulences, but you saw some of my opulences. You saw universes, and you saw different Vishnu forms, and, and you see me here in front of you. So, but you only saw one of my, you know, some little manifestation of my opulences, the ones that you saw or the ones you experienced. You didn't see them all. Have you come to the conclusion, after your revolution, have you come to the conclusion that there are no others? And that my opulence is therefore limited? Moreover, do you think that because my expansions in the forms of boys and calves were later transformed into four-handed Vishnu forms, that, therefore... Some of these forms are sometimes manifest and other times not. So he's, he's questioning Brahma. What's, what's, what's the result of your revelation? What, have you, what conclusions have you arrived at? Since I've shown you this, what are your conclusions? Are your conclu is your conclusion is this is the only form that's truly a manifestation of myself. What about, I've heard there's other forms of myself in scripture. Do they have any validity? What's the result of, of what, what's, your, what's your conclusion? Brahma speaks the next verse. 
you take birth. Now this is the actual verse from the Bhagavatam, promise prayer, you take birth amongst the gods and sages. He doesn't use the word actually verse, he uses that terminology, pradurbhava, you manifest yourself amongst the, the gods and the sages, as well as the humans and animals, and even amongst aquatics. In order to chastise the falsely proud and to show mercy to the world. Krishna is a jhana, birthless, no janma. But Brahma explains that he is Prabhu, one who has inconceivable powers. His birth means making himself visible. Now, this theme will carry through the rest of what we're going to discuss t- tonight. He makes himself visible. So this particular Anucheta is bringing out the beginning of this concept that Krishna actually is birthless, but he makes himself visible. Now how does he do that? When does he do that? Under what circumstance and by what agency does he do that is all going to be pulled out as... Jiva Goswami goes forward in his Anuchedas. Padurbhava is the important term here. Self-manifestation. As we touched upon at the end of the last class, uh, Krishna is Viduta. Viduta means that he makes the rules but he's not subject to the rules, which means he can do as he pleases. So he, within every material universe, there's certain rules of birth and death. No one's able to supersede those that we have experienced so far. Of course, we haven't experienced every living entity, but we haven't yet in the history of man there's no history of somebody that hasn't died in human society. Does it exist? Can we point to one point in history or one individual in history that's still with us from the bygone ages? That's not our experience. So the laws are there. Krishna is Vidata. He makes the rules, but he's not subject to them. So, Krishna's raised a further doubt. Brahma, you said that my forms are eternal and full of bliss, so why are they not always visible? You made the point that they're eternal, and but you didn't see them all. That we know. You saw some of them. What about the rest? They're, where 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 they go? Did they go somewhere else? Are they somewhere else? All this is going to the proper way of looking at this is all going to be come clear as we move forward. So why are they not always visible? Why why are they not always visible? 
Furthermore, how can all these forms exist simultaneously? We have no experience of that any, anywhere. Simultaneously, somebody has multiple forms. In one form, so where's, where are they and how can they exist? Material objects that we're familiar with come into existence and then they vanish. So how can you compare my transcendental body to them? So Jiva Goswami explains that it's very difficult to understand the Lord's form, including his all-pervasive feature. Well, I don't think we'll argue with that. Uh, his forms are a manifestation of his yoga maya and supersede logic and experience. Krishna is swarat, independent, free to engage his energies as he desires, sometimes unpredictably, sometimes conforming to material nature, and then at other times beyond the influence of material nature. All this is just a fraction of his opulence. He showed Sri Brahma that all forms are contained within his form and that ultimately this is just a fraction of his opulence. And then the commentator points out that Jiva in his Brihat Kramasandarbha, so we know what that is, that the Kramasandarbha is, it's given the name Sandarbha, Sandarbha being an explanation of philosophical points, but it's Jiva Goswami's commentary on the Srimad Bhagavatam, his Tika. So that's considered another Sandarbha. And it's called Krama Sandarbha. Sri Jiva writes that Bhagavan appears as Yajna among the Devas, Narnarayan among the sages, King Prithu among humans, Varaha among animals, and Matsya and Korma among aquatics. So the next Anucheta, 39, Bhagavan's form is unlimited. So again, Lord Krishna's questioning Brahma through the lips of Jiva Goswami. Furthermore, because these forms are exclusively of the transcendental nature of eternity, awareness, and unlimited pure bliss, all of them indeed exist simultaneously. But you are unable to see all of them all of the time. So on what basis can you maintain their simultaneous coexistence? You're making, you're presenting prayers, and in these prayers you're presenting philosophical conclusions. What's your support for these conclusions? You're not seeing all my forms all the time. And so how can you how can you make such revelational statements in your prayers? To this Brahma replies, O greatest one, O supreme person, O self of all selves, O master of all yogic power, who knows where or how or to what extent or when you expand your yoga maya potency? and enact your activities within these three worlds. 
Again from the Bhagavatam, 14th chapter, 21st verse. Now this verse, particular verse, is going to become a, a going to be completely uh, expanded upon in the next Anucheda. But the question is simply rhetorical because the response is no one knows. No one can know all these forms. No one can fully understand how the Supreme Lord manifests these forms. So this verse is extremely, this verse by Brahma is extremely important to our understanding. And once we come into the next Anucheta and you see how much is in this verse, it's, it's truly amazing what Brahma's stating here. The term he Bhuman, O Bhuman, gives us the sense that the one primary form of the Lord simultaneously contains unlimited forms within it. So, one statement, one address. In this verse, there's four addresses to the Supreme, the greatest one. So, in this Anucheta, Jiva is simply giving us a preliminary, and then he's going to go into each of the addresses. But, O greatest one, Brahma witnessed Krishna's opulences, now, if what he saw was the complete extent of the Supreme's opulences, if what he experienced in Revelation was everything that's available when one comes into contact with the Supreme, or if the Supreme completely disclosed himself to Brahma, then where can we have supreme there's no there's no the, the definition loses its significance then because it would mean that the supreme is in some way limited and can show a limited presentation of himself which can be fully comprehended so if he saw the complete opulence of bhagavan in one revelation no matter how great that revelation would be, then the Lord's limited. So why did the Lord state that it was unlimited? You're unlimited. Hey, Bhuman, you contain unlimited forms. Sridhar Swami, the great commentary on the Bhagavatam, introduces this, this verse in a very similar way. So in his Srimad Bhagavatam commentary, he also introduces the verse in a similar way to what Jiva's doing here in this Anucheda from his Sandarbhas in putting forth a rhetorical question from Krishna. So again, remember, Krishna didn't say a word during this whole offering of prayers. In fact, he, he was silent. And Brahma said, okay, I'm he tried his most acknowledged I'm sorry you done yet basically was the sense that comes forth 
Prabhu, you know, Krishna's can I go back to playing now? Are you are you have you said enough? Are you satisfied? And so you can imagine Brahma, the creator of the universe, trying to trying to show his repentance to to Lord Krishna, to baby Krishna. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can see that whatever I did was nothing. I've disturbed you, you know. Let me at least give you some praise. And at the end, let me, at the end of the prayers, what does Brahma say? I would consider it your greatest favor upon me if I could be born as any insignificant plant so that the dust of these associates who you hold so dear could fall upon my head. So he does make, uh, he does put forth a request at the end of his prayers, or at the beginning where he's simply stating the position of the Lord. So that's the first step of praying. First, you you're, you praise the supreme, then you say something about yourself, and then you make your request. So Sridhar Swami, he introduces it with a similar dialogue. Krishna asks, this is from Sridhar's commentary, Krishna asks, Brahma, you say that I am supremely powerful and independent, so why do I accept abominable forms like a fish and boar? And how was that responded to? It's the same verse. This, this is the verse that Brahma spoke. O greatest one, O supreme person, O self of all selves, O master of all yogic power, who knows when, where, or how, and to what extent you expand your yoga maya potency? Who knows all this? And enact your activities within the three worlds. Now we come to the 40th Anucheda. Unlimited forms of Bhagavan exist within one form. Now this Anucheda is extremely long. Jiva's Anucheda itself is extremely detailed. What to speak of the commentary by the translator of the Sundarbhas, Sachinarayan Babaji, his commentary is just as long as the Anucheta itself. There's a lot of material to cover here. And uh, let's just start it and we'll see if we can get through the majority of it. So all of Bhagavan's forms, in a condensed statement, we would say that this Anucheta puts forth this main spiritual concept. All the forms of the Supreme Lord, Bhagavan Sri Krishna, exists in his one form. All of them are there in his one form. We'll start with a prayer for Mark Rora from the 10th Canto also. And he had gone to take Krishna away from Braj and that whole scenario. So they're on the way to Mathura and it's time for midday and our 
Thakur went to take his bath and say his midday prayers. And he had a vision, he had a revelation. In his revelation, he had a similar experience. But his experience with was Krishna and Balaram. Krishna and Balaram were on his chariot, and they were also in the water. He saw the revelation, the revelation of them in the water. So, were they in the chariot, or are they, are they in the water? So Krishna prayed with the same view. Although you have various forms, you are situated in this one form. So the Shruti goes on and says, although he is one, so that was, a, that was our Guru's statement there, then Jiva Goswami goes forward and he says, and the Shruti also states, although he is one, meaning the Supreme is one, he is seen as many. Jiva says, Hence, the devotee sees the Lord in accordance with his own disposition developed through the maturation of worship. As the devotee matures in his worship of the Supreme, uh, he will become disposed to a particular form of his Lord. His revelation will culminate in a vision of that form. Developed through the maturation of worship. Vedanta Sutra states, because worshippers have differences in knowledge, their perception of the Lord differs accordingly. So there's going to be a big discussion in this Anucheta from the Vedanta Sutra. Sri Madhvacharya comments on this, there is difference in how the Lord is viewed due to difference in worship. So then a little bit of an explanation is given a little bit of an analogy to, well, how is this possible? Because God's one. But all these worshipers are approaching the Lord and they're seeing different forms according to their sadhana, which has developed a certain sadhya, an objective, a goal, and their go the goals are not all the same. Again, and this is what? This is a further elaboration of Varanti Tat Tat Vavidas Tatvam Yaj Janam Advayam Brahmeti Paramatmeti Bhagavan Iti Sabjate. This non dual substance manifests these different forms. They're all one. The analogy is given of an iridescent cloth. You're familiar with a cloth like this. You look at it, and it's red, and you turn it a little bit. The DVD had it. Yeah, like... The silk goes over. Mm-hmm. You, you turn it a little bit, and it's aqua, and a little bit turned, and it's a darker blue. We have this experience. Or a peacock feather. Same experience with a peacock feather. You take a peacock feather, and you turn it, and the colors change. The colors manifest to our vision according to our angle. Angle of vision. Change. So Sri Krishna, who contains many other forms in his prime effulgence, is the nomenclature used here. In his effulgence, there's unlimited forms, which are likened to the multiple 
colors of the cloth, whereas he's likened to the complete cloth. Now we come into the various evidences in support of this concept. Okay, so now we'll go through some of the evidences in support of this concept and deeper our understanding of what are we talking about when we say Krishna is one and then we have all these different worshippers and and how is this all to be viewed and fully comprehended. So the first praman that Jiva Goswami uses from the Narada Pancharatna. It's a quote in English from that. Just as a gem endowed with many colors, such as blue and yellow, appears differently when viewed from different angles, so does the Lord appear in different forms according to the meditation of the devotee. So again, we have different pramans, different evidences, scriptural supports for the concept are now going to be put forth, and then they're going to be some of those concepts are going to be very deeply elaborated upon. Now Sri Sukha from the Bhagavatam in the eighth canto says in another verse, the Lord assumed his unmanifest spiritual form, which he came which became manifest with ornaments and weapons. Then his parents watched as in that very same body like an actor exhibiting divine movement. He became Vamana, the boy Brahmana, meaning that he then manifested it in such a way that it became visible to the material world. In the verse, this is in the the revelation of Aditi. Aditi had prayed for someone to and her, her misery, the misery that some demons had stole her children's property and she was, they were put out of their homes by this Bali Maharaj. He became so powerful, he kicked them all out of heaven and he took over. She was like, she performed some sacrifices. So we'll get into that a little bit. A little bit of the pastime, but you know it. You know, and she prayed. She performed at uh, uh, what was it? A milk sacrifice. I think she survived on milk for some time, and then followed those vows. And then she made her request, and, and she wanted an incarnation to come and rectify the situation. We can't do anything about it, and all my all my all the demigods are they've been they've been thrown out i want i want them to be able to go home and back and take up their positions again their duties they're not happy and i want them to be happy so this is this is her kashyapa her husband and her saw this revelation the un the unmanifest this lord who's everywhere brahman took a form before their very eyes. He assumed from his unmanifest position a form. And with all his ornaments and all of his weapons, they could see, here's, 
Here's the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And then that very same body became a young dwarf Brahmana before their very eyes. It's not that somebody changed places. It was the same personality. The impersonal Brahman now became a Brahmana. There's one word in the verse explaining this transformation, Eva. And what that do, does is that prohibits us from interpreting this as if to say that the Lord changed his form or dress. We can't interpret it, interpret it that way because of this one Sanskrit word. It's a different manifestation. It's not a change. It's the very same body is the thing to be to take away from it. The very same. Another term within the verse, divya gati. Supremely inconceivable divine movement. He can manifest or unmanifest any one of the forms that eternally exist in him. He doesn't have to take off one set of clothing and put on another set of clothing. He doesn't have to remove one body and exchange it with another body. He makes visible a particular form for his purpose, utilizing his internal potency. That's the thing to understand. Shruti says, All forms of the present and future are eternally present in his form. Now, any form we've heard about, or any form that is in the Shastra, or any form that we haven't even heard about, are all in him eternally. Divyagati Gathadnata is like a heavenly actor, means complete acceptance of that particular form, for no one other than Bhagavan can be total in all respects when taking on a role. An actor can be an actor, but he's still not the actor. I mean, if he's really good, he really takes on the role. Like we've heard of actors that starve themselves so they can look, you know, or they put on tons of weight to play a part. So they're, you know, they take on as much as they can and, and they, they act the part. But they're still apart from the part. It's not them. Krishna, it is them. It is him. Divya Gatir Yathanata. He is like a heavenly actor. It's an analogy that we can utilize, but then again, he's he's much more than that. Similarly, with the intention of showing that all the Lord's forms exist eternally, Sri Brahma says elsewhere. So this is from back earlier in the Bhagavatam, where we have the uh, uh, the the Lord instructing Brahma and in, 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 uh, enlightening him. 
in the third canto. And Brahma says there, O Master, you take your seat in the lotus heart that has been made worthy of you through love, praying. Even so, the path by which you can be seen is through hearing. Out of kindness toward your devotees, O Lord, who are greatly glorified, you manifest the very form that they meditate on, appearing to them in that form. Jiva is going to take, and he's going to also dive deeply into this verse because there's a lot. There's there's some very important items of tattva to be known from this. So you manifest forms that are already pre-existing. Or they're eternal. They've always been there. The path by which you can be seen is through hearing. That prohibits us from thinking that the Lord is going to take a form according to our imaginary desire based on our our material impressions. So we hear from authorized sources about the forms of the Lord and those are the forms that can take seed in our heart. So we're not in a position to dictate to God, well, I want you to become a dog so that I can relate to you in that way. You know, that's that's not, that's what it means by through hearing. So now we'll begin to, to really deeply go into some of these verses. The verse under discussion, Srimad Bhagavatam 10, 14, 21. This is the main verse under discussion. O greatest one, this is from the, we said this verse in the last Anucheta, O greatest one, O supreme person, O self of all selves, O master of all yogic power. So, Brahma has addressed Krishna with four nomenclatures. Who knows where, or how, or to what extent, or when you expand your yoga maya potency and enact your activities within these three worlds. So now we look at this verse and Jiva explains to us that these four addresses correspond to the four items that Brahma puts forth. Who knows when, how, where, and to what extent. Hey Bhagavan, hey Bhagavan, answers how. So that's in the verse, of course. Koveti Bhuman Bhagavan Paratman. Hey Bhagavan, answers how. The sense is that the inconceivable appearance of the Lord when he does appear how does he do it? is not possible by any means other than his inconceivable internal potency so how can the Lord appear? because he's Bhagavan 
He has unlimited potencies. He controls everything. So because he is Bhagavan, he can't appear. He's God. If he wants to appear, he appears. That's how. That's how it's possible. Hey, Paratman. Hey, Paratman answers how many? How many? In how many ways can he appear? The import, the import is that it is impossible for the mind or speech to ascertain the extent of the Lord's opulence as they manifest. So, we, it's a doxage, it's, it's beyond our comprehension. But when we approach, when we, when we apply this nomenclature to the Supreme, Paratman, you have unlimited potencies, then that's how many ways you can manifest yourself. How many? Para. You, we're not going to come to an end of them. Ananta can try to give us a glimpse throughout eternity, speaking of your qualities and manifestations, but he's never going to reach an end. Paratman, like the Purusha avatars, each possessing unlimited power. Like the Purusha avatars, what's it mean when we say like the Purusha avatars? Can we ever come to an end of counting even the Purusha avatars? It's not possible, because how many pores are on the body of Karnadakshai Vishnu from which unlimited universes are coming forth which all have Purusha avatars maintaining them. If we can't come to an end of that understanding how can we understand all the other unlimited forms that enter into all those universes? And this is just when we look at the material manifestation what about the spiritual manifestation so we're not gonna we're not that's why this address by Brahma Oparatma Hey Yogeshwara Hey Yogeshwar answers when whenever you desire <laughs> you're Yogeshwar you're the master of all opulences, all mystic perfections. You're the master of everything. When do you appear? Whatever you like. Yogamaya is responsible for accommodating various forms in the one original form. So Bhagavan, Paramatma, Yogeshwar, Uman, Bhagavan, Paraatma, and Yogeshwar. The import is this. There's uncountable forms exist within your original form. Various plenary portions also exist in you. Partial manifestations. Whenever you desire to manifest a particular form, owing to the maturity of the devotee's worship, you manifest that particular form. 
So we'll continue with a little bit of discussion. We've made it through Jiva's primary points, and then we'll finish up this Anucheta at the beginning of the next class, where we'll dwell a little bit on bringing these points out, and also dive into this particular comment that Jiva makes at the end of the Anucheta. Whenever you desire to manifest a particular form, it's due to the maturity of the devotee's worship that there is a distinction between one and the other. Krishna's to Bhagavan Swayam. So, just as a preliminary, we can see what we accept. Radha's vision as the highest manifestation of the Supreme because what is the level of her worship? It's the highest level. So to us as Gaudias, that vision, that manifestation, her love is so strong he cannot even manifest another form in her presence. He tried. He failed. He couldn't pull it off. You're familiar with this? He tried to, to hide himself. I'll be Narayan. <laughs> he couldn't do it. Not in front of her. The strength of her worship. Arada, Arada worship. Any questions? Or well, thank you so much for your association.